0: Now, what I would like for you to do, folks, is if you have your Bibles, we've been going through the letter to the Galatians. So, if you turn in the New Testament, to Galatians, we're in chapter six. We're we're going to be wrapping up this series next week. In Galatians, we're going to be doing our message today from verses six through verse ten. Uh, next week, we'll start with verse eleven through the end of the chapter. But I want you to open in your Bibles to Galatians and we are going to uh, turn our attention to some Spirit-led responsibilities that you and I have. Now remember, the whole letter is really an unusual letter because Paul is writing this letter to address one issue and get their focus set right to focus on being led by the Spirit. So he started out really addressing the whole issue of being effort-oriented, doing things because of law, which basically they were doing that for acceptance with God. He points out how wrong that is. That doesn't accomplish anything. Your, your acceptance with God is based upon what Jesus has done for you. And then because of what Jesus has done for you and the grace you've experienced with that, you need to be spirit-led. And so he has been talking about that in chapter 5. Now we're into chapter 6. He's been talking about that. So now he's going to get to some of the things that you need to be doing because you are spirit-led. Now, as I'm mentioning that to you, I was reading yesterday in uh, this little devotional. It's called Devotions for a Deeper Life from Oswald Chambers. Now, this is different from his other devotional called My Utmost for His Highest, which we encourage you to use. It's also on our church app. But I was reading yesterday, and this caught my attention in the first uh, paragraph of what he's saying here in his devotion. Let me read it to you, and you'll see what I'm talking about, because this is what we've been talking about in the book of Galatians. He said, the intent." of our motives, and the springs of our dreams must be so right that our deeds and actions will naturally follow. Some tell us certain attitudes to suppress, certain rules and regulations to obey. But Jesus Christ never gives us rules and regulations. He gives us his ruling spirit. Did you catch what he just said there? All right, let me read it again. Listen to what Oswald Chambers says. This is exactly what Paul is trying to tell us here in this passage. He says this, the intent of our motives and the springs of our dreams must be so right that our deeds and actions will naturally follow. So he's talking about our motives, our dreams. They have to be right, and because they are right, our actions and our deeds are going to naturally follow that. Now, here's what he says. Some, right? That's some people, I would say it's the church culture, tells us that certain attitudes need to be suppressed, and certain rules and regulations need to be followed. So you need to read your Bible, you need to give, you need to show up, you need to serve. And this is what you need to do in order to be a good Christian, to be accepted by God. And that's what some people tell you to do. And that's exactly what Paul has been talking about here in Galatians. But notice what Chambers says. This is the point Paul makes. Jesus Christ never gives us rules and regulations. He doesn't give us rules and regulations. You're not going to find that. What you're going to find is, is he gives you his ruling spirit. He gave you his spirit to lead you, to guide you. And it's a question of whether or not you want to follow him. Now, that brings me to a couple of points I want to make here, because even though we know that, or even though it's like, yeah, I agree with that, George, you and I operate, let's be just totally honest, with some faulty thinking. Some faulty thinking. And I just want to make a couple of points here with regards to our faulty thinking. Here's the first one we make wrong assumptions about grace. We make wrong assumptions about grace. Okay, so you're hearing me say this is the Christian life is not one of following rules, it's about following. Jesus and following his spirit and about experiencing his grace, grace has set you free. Now, the problem is, is that we in our flesh make wrong assumptions about grace. So then because of grace, we think now we can do whatever we want. We think that we have freedom to do anything. And so we make wrong assumptions about grace. Wrong assumptions about grace. The second thing we do is, is we tend to gravitate towards our selfish desires. We tend to gravitate towards our selfish desires. So because of that freedom, the problem is is that when we are just pursuing our freedom. We're not being led by the spirit. So what are you being led by? Whatever you want to do, whatever you want. And so your focus is on totally on self. Now, here's the problem with that. The problem is you end up going in directions you shouldn't go, which then leads the person who's trying to tell you to live your life by rules. See, this is the reason why You live your life by rules. Because if you just had grace, you're just going to go do whatever you want to do. And on the surface, that sounds about right. That sounds, yeah, you know, you're exactly right. If we didn't have boundaries, if we didn't live within those boundaries of what we need to do, we're just going to end up going wrong and and excusing it away because of grace. Listen, that's just faulty thinking. Because the reality is, Jesus didn't save you just to follow rules. Jesus saved you to be led by the Spirit. And when you are led by the Spirit, you are naturally going to carry out certain responsibilities. Things are naturally going to flow out of your life because you are being led by his Spirit. Rather than just succumbing to whatever you want to do, which, by the way, is what you were like before you got saved. You just did whatever you wanted to do. So that brings us then to Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 10 at these spirit-led responsibilities. So I want you to notice with me. Let's look together in the scripture and see What Paul is saying. He says this in verse 6 Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this scripture and we're going to basically divide it into three sections. We're going to see, first of all, that he's going to talk about generosity. When you are spirit-led, one of the things that comes out of your life is generosity. We're going to see generosity. Then what we're going to also see is when you're spirit-led, you, need, you come to a recognition of accountability. See, yes, you have freedom and grace, but with that comes accountability. So we're going to talk about the accountability, and then we're going to see an encouragement that he gives you and I, okay? An encouragement. When we're spirit-led, we are encouraged to do a certain thing, and we're going to see that in this passage. So let's talk, first of all, let's look at verse 6. Notice what he says here. It seems kind of odd what he's saying, but... I'll, I'll explain it to you what he's saying here he says let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches so what's he talking what is he talking about here he's talking about you and I if we are being taught we then are to share the good things from our life with those who teach us. So this is the issue of generosity. Generosity, though, you are to share with those who teach you. You are to share with those who teach you. So in the Christian church, since the very beginning, God has raised up pastors and teachers, and, and in the beginning there were apostles and it was the responsibility of those who were taught by them to take care of them. And so this is a spirit-led thing, generosity, to share with those who give. Now, the thing I want you to see now is, is that the emphasis of the passage, as well as what we're going to see in another passage of Scripture here from 2 Corinthians, is that generosity is both voluntary and a grace, Generosity is both voluntary and a grace. Now, let me just stop for a moment because some of you are saying, voluntary? Whoa, wait a minute, George. You know, the way I hear it, it's almost like the 11th commandment. Thou shalt give. No, folks, it's not the 11th commandment. Now, in the Old Testament, it was a law that they were to give a portion. But notice that. It was the law. But when we come to the New Testament, you and I now have been set free from the law because the law only leads to what, folks? Remember, Paul made that discussion throughout Genesis, leads only to defeat. But now he comes and he's talking about you being generous, especially to those who teach you, And he's going to point out, first of all, that it's voluntary and it's a grace. It comes out of your life in response to the grace that was shown to you. In fact, let me just point this out to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, look at verses 7 and 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 7 and 8, here's what Paul writes. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you also abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. See, these two verses come from a passage where Paul is talking to them about being generous to the church in Jerusalem. To help the poor in Jerusalem. So he's telling them, I'm not giving this to you as some kind of commandment, but I'm testing your sincerity of your faith. How true are you in your spirituality? If you're true, you're going to be generous. And, but he also says, just as you're abounding in all these other areas, he refers to the issue of generosity here as, what did he say? A grace. It's a grace. So the first thing that you're going to see about being spirit-led, it's going to be representative in your life, in your generosity. Now here he's using specifically the issue of those who teach that you be generous to them. But I'm going to say to you, Scripture actually talks about you being generous around you. Be willing to help those around you. In fact, isn't that what he says in verse 8 here? He says, I'm testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. That is your diligence to take care of others around you. So we see the issue of generosity. Now, when we come to verse 7, he's going to focus now on that other issue when it comes by being spirit-led, and that is you're accountable You're accountable. I want you to notice with me verses 7 through verse 8. And do not be deceived. God is not mocked. But whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now, here's what I want you to see. A couple of things I want to point out here with regards to the issue of accountability. Number one is this. You can't fool God. You cannot fool God. He says it very clearly here. Don't be deceived. You cannot fool God. You cannot pull the wool over his eyes. And sometimes we do that. It's kind of like I remember when I was a teenager. There were things that I was getting involved with with my buddies that I didn't really want my parents finding out about. And what I would do is I would be deceptive with them. I would try to fool them into thinking something so that I didn't get in trouble. Now the problem is sometimes parents, even my parents, can see right through that. I'm going to be honest with you, we do the same thing with God. We deceive ourselves into thinking That, you know what, yeah, I have grace, now I have freedom, I can do whatever I want to. He's wanting you to understand, you just don't have that freedom. There is accountability, and God sees everything. And don't even deceive yourselves into thinking, don't deceive yourself, George, don't deceive yourself, if you're watching this and you're listening, don't deceive yourself into thinking that you can pull one over on God. God is not mocked. You can't fool him. Everything about your life is out there in the open with God. Did you hear me? Everything about your life, every thought, every action, nothing is hidden from him. I mean, he makes that very clear when he says in Matthew that every idle word will be brought into judgment. Every idle word. Do you remember every silly thing you said this week? Now, some of you might but there's a lot of what you said, you have no clue what you said anymore. But all that will be brought into judgment. You can't fool God. You can't fool God. There's accountability. Now, here's the second aspect of what he says here. You will face the consequences of the actions. You and I will face the consequences of of the actions. Do you understand that? So he says here, I think it's very interesting when you look at verse 8, I mean he just sums it up here. Look at what he says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap Everlasting life. So basically, he's saying, if you just want to go, you got freedom. If you're just going to do what you're going to do because that's what your body wants, that's what your desires are, you're going to go ahead and do that. But you're going to face the consequences of that in your life. You're going to bear the consequences of of just doing whatever you want to do. But if you're following the Spirit and you're sowing to the Spirit in your life by doing the things the Spirit is calling you to do, you're going to reap what you sow, but it's going to be towards everlasting life. It's going to be to a greater reward. It's going to be to a greater blessing in your life when you go to be with Jesus. You see the difference? You and I will face the consequences, good or bad, from our actions. That's accountability. And that's what we need to be aware of. That's one of our responsibilities is to know, I can't pull the wool over God's eyes. I'm going to do what I need to do and bear the consequences of that, whether they're good or bad. So then now he comes to the encouragement. Because remember, all of this is pointing out one thing. When you are spirit-led, you are not being driven by what you want You are being driven by what the Spirit wants in your life, okay? So here's the encouragement he gives you and I then. He points this out in verses 9 to 10. So let me just read these to you again. And he says this, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, again, two points I'm going to make here. Two very important points. Number one, don't grow weary in doing good for others. Don't grow weary in doing good for others. I think we understand that, right? I think we understand the whole point of growing weary and doing good. You ever been there? I've been there. You help somebody out. You continue to help somebody out. And that just grows tiring after a while. And you wonder, is this even worth it? Is it even worth it? Is it even worth it? Paul's saying here, don't grow weary. Don't give up. Hang in there. Do what's right by others. Help them. Help them. Because the reward isn't the immediate. See, we live in the immediate. We want everything now. Boy, we're learning that right now, aren't we? Order something. Oh, it'll be there in two weeks. Three weeks. We're not sure when it'll be there. We're learning real quick things don't come immediate anymore, right? But here's the thing, because we want the immediate, we want to see the immediate results of our helping people. That's not necessarily going to happen. And he's saying to you, don't be weary in doing good for others. You just keep doing good because your eye is towards the future. and Your eye is towards what Jesus will do for you because you did good, because you did what was right. So then he also points out, In verse 10, seize every opportunity to do right by others and help them. Seize every opportunity. And let me just go ahead and say this to you right now. God will present you with the opportunities. God's going to present them to you. Now, here's the typical reaction. If you and I are led by self and those opportunities come up, we say things like this. Oh, I don't need this right now. You ever said that? I don't need this right now. This is interrupting my plans. I got plans for the day. That's the typical fleshy response. I've done it, you've done it. Because the opportunities do present themselves. And here's what Paul's saying to you and I. You and I need to seize them. We need to act on them. And especially, notice here, he qualifies it especially when it comes to the household of faith. Now, what's the household of faith? That's the church family, folks. When God presents you the opportunity to help somebody right here in your own church family, you need to act on it. You need to seize it. You need to do it. That's your spirit-led responsibility. That's your spirit-led responsibility. Now, you're saying, okay, George, here we are. We've got the issue of generosity. We've got this issue of accountability. We're accountable, and, we, and we're going to bear the consequences of what we do. And I want the good consequences in my life. And, and we see this encouragement to, to be led by the Spirit to do good for others, especially those the household of faith. How do I apply this to my life? How do I, how do I wrap this up for myself? Well, I've got two things I want you to think about this morning. Here's the first one. It's time to stop thinking about you and what you want. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. That's the biggest problem for all of us. We are so self-absorbed. That includes myself. We just want to think about what we want and what we want and how we're pushing that on everyone around us. It's about what we want. And, and the problem is that's self. And that's not being spirit-led. And because of that, you and I need to recognize we're accountable. And if, if we push the selfish envelope because of what we want, we bear the consequences of that. And they're not good sometimes, are they? And I think you and I know that. You, I think you know what I'm saying is true because you've seen it in your life. I've seen it in my life when we push what we want rather than humbling ourselves. It's time for you and I to stop thinking about what we want. Here's the second thing. You have to choose between self-indulgence and generosity towards others. You have to choose between self-indulgence and generosity towards others. Look, I'm just going to be honest with you. You've got to make a choice between what God has given you, if that's for you, and you spending it on you the rest of your life, or that's for you to use to help others. I once heard someone say, is it interesting, that most believers aren't wealthy, and that may actually be God's grace. Think about that before you go buy the lottery ticket. God may actually don't, In grace, not allow you to have because he knows that you would just spend it on yourself and just reap the consequences of that versus using it to help other people. Something to think about, isn't it? See, you and I have to choose between being spirit led and, and then uh, therefore allowing the spirit to live through us to help others or being self-indulgent where it's all about me and all about me and what I want and striving for what I want well you can get what you want but Jesus makes it very clear throughout the gospel So so you get that new item or you get that thing well it grows old, it rusts, it corrupts that's reality, isn't it? lay up for yourself treasures in heaven that never corrupt how do you do that? living for others, being there for others. That's what life is about, folks. That's where fulfillment is. And I think that's what we want, isn't it? I think that's ultimately what we want and what Jesus wants for us. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. We thank you just for the opportunity to, to think about your word in Galatians. We, th- we ask that you would apply the truths that we are seeing to our lives. We want to be spirit-led people. Lord, you have saved us. You've given us freedom not to indulge ourselves, but to live for others, to be there for others. And so, Father, I pray you would help us not to grow weary in doing good. Help us to seize every opportunity to help others and provide us with the resources so that we can share in helping others. I ask this for myself. I ask this for each one who's watching or listening to this. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.